Welcome back to episode 23 of The New Normal. Returning guest, good friend of the show, best friend of the show now, <laughs> Mr. Trent Cannon joining us for a lively and spirited debate. We discuss in, at length the tech censorship currently happening to America's frontline doctors, and we have a long conversation, spirited debate over the current state of affairs in these United States. Guys, if you're listening to us on iTunes or wherever you might be listening to us, we would appreciate a five-star review and your comments. You can find us at newnormalpod.com. You can find us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy the show. We are supported by Mammoth Fuel. Mammoth Fuel Bars were created with people like you in mind using only natural ingredients and zero artificial junk. We took no shortcuts in developing this highly functional and portable fuel bar. What are the benefits, you may ask? Portable on-the-go fuel, post-workout recovery, boost cognitive function, aids in weight loss, anti-inflammatory, and low sugar. With 13 grams of protein and only 4 net carbs, Mammoth Fuel is the perfect meal, snack, and energy bar where you'd like to go. Try Mammoth Fuel at mammothfuel.com. Welcome to the new normal, where we're talking current events, finances, philosophy, preparedness, and more. My name is Sal, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Quentin. Each week, we dive into those various topics and bring you an inspiring person or message to navigate the world with a positive mindset in this new normal. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now, here we go. With me, as always, my good friend, Quentin. Say hi to everybody, Quentin. What's up? We are joined today by a returning guest. You, you're gonna, this is going to be like the Saturday Night Live of podcasts where we have who can be a returning guest the, the most amount of times. We have the Trent Cannon joining us back again from South Texas. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm in San Antonio at the moment, the lovely San Antonio. Nice. I think we can officially give Trent the title of best friend of the show. Best friend of the oh. show. <laughs> Not just friend of the show, but best friend of the show. The best friend of the show. Trent, we want to thank you so much for joining us again. It's always great to have a third party perspective. You know, if we're just talking to each other and we, we all have the same opinions and it just becomes a vacuum and, and it's not very entertaining and obviously it doesn't create a good dialogue. So thank you for bringing your perspective to the show. And uh, we're really looking forward to, to getting your take on, on the topics that we're going to be talking about. And I think without question, the biggest topic going around social media right now is the fact that America's frontline doctors this is the talk of the town. This is the talk of social media. These, what is it, seven or eight doctors who are putting on a press conference in Washington, D.C. They've been giving a summit. They're calling it the White Coat Summit. It's headed up by Dr. Simone Gold. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of energy behind it. But the talk of the town is not what they're saying. It's what they're not being allowed to say and that they've been completely canceled from social media as of this afternoon all of their videos that were live on Breitbart's website and Breitbart's live feed were removed from Facebook. Any mention of it, any republishing of the video has been removed from Twitter, Instagram, Google. I mean, it's just a blank 
uh, a blackout of, of this information. And it's, it's spreading like a wildfire. And what I mean by that is the fact that people are uploading it to BitChute and Band.Video, Alex Jones's platform, other uh, free online hosting. They're, they're downloading it and re-uploading it faster than they can keep it censored. So my question is, are they going to be able to keep up with that level of censorship? And at some point, do they just say, you know what, we're going to put a disclaimer in front of it, let you have at it, believe what you want to believe. Now, this this video, this one video of their very first press conference, it wasn't even the summit itself. It was the press conference that's getting banned. That had over 8 million views and over 800,000 concurrent viewers in the first few hours. Now, to put that in perspective, there was another video that was getting banned almost instantly called Plandemic. Love it, hate it, indifferent to it. That was that took a matter of three or four days to get to 8 million views. This had 8 million views within the first few hours, the, this doctor's press conference, the America's Frontline Doctors. So where are, we, where are we headed, Quentin? Where are we headed, Trent? Like, this level of censorship is just getting out of hand, question mark? Or is it in line with what we think needs to be happening on the internet? Should we be censoring the internet in, in this day and age where misinformation is, is being handed out left and right? Well, I think to answer that question, we've got to go back in time, like almost 100 years or, or longer. And so if you remember in, in the early days of, and I still remember party lines, and, but they were extremely common in the early days of telecommunication, party lines. And basically, people could organize, you could organize union demonstrations, you could organize, um, you know, just political rallies, whatever, uh, campaign for candidates, and, and a lot of people could listen and be a part of telephone conversations all at the same time with party lines. And this is over 100 years ago. So the telecom companies, at one time, started shutting people down, right? They would just pull the plug on you. If they if, if the operator heard something that was out of you know corporate doctrine or something that that company didn't necessarily like, and maybe they were trying to suppress a union, maybe they were trying to suppress a rally somewhere, maybe you know whatever, right? So they just pull your line. Well, we passed laws saying you can't do that, and I think most people can agree that they haven't been shut off or unpersoned or canceled with their phone plan anyway, because of something they said politically. When's the last time that any of us had a, a phone call that was just like, your plan is now terminated because of what you said. And it just, you know, it's never happened because we passed laws against it. If you fast forward, the, the real beginning of the internet was the ARPANET and the DARPANET, right? And we paid for this massive infrastructure, just like the phone lines. The reason we passed the law is saying you can't silence people on the phone is, the phone companies were started like this. The, the township or whomever, your municipality, or your area that had this phone co-op that were running the lines, they decided who they were going to buy their equipment from, right? But the citizens built the infrastructure to basically operate these machines. Those machines were, were just basically, uh, they're the linchpin in the whole operation, but were, were the cheapest part of the whole telecommunications industry were these telephones so the infrastructure behind it was all funded by taxpayer dollars well the same thing with the internet we we fund that we still fund that it's defense spending every year all of the infrastructure for example your high-speed fiber optic internet is brought to you most of the time by your local police station 
your local police station needs to run OSSI, which is a very technologically advanced web between all departments across the entire United States. And it just got implemented. Actually, I was an officer when they started to implement that. And it's, it's data and information transmitted by fiber optic because it's, it's very reliable and it's very quick. So if you need to send a bunch of documents on a person, you can get it at the speed of light, right? So your, your, your fiber optic internet is defense spending. Uh, usually these, these uh, hubs operate or offer around military bases and then they go to municipalities and municipalities build out to other municipalities. And that formed the basis for us OSSI. And that's going to be the basis of most of your internet communications in the future. But if you rewind to high-speed cable and to dial-up, dial-up, that was the phone technology. Same type of spending. We bought and paid for that. There would have been no – I think if this had started happening back in the 90s, like people just having their internet, you know, being taken off the internet, being, uh, you know, unpersoned, being canceled. Uh, having their servers removed, whatever, whatever is going on, any type of suppression that's happening, there would have been a Supreme Court case back then on this very thing that made that completely illegal. I can almost guarantee you because the internet started with dial-up, and that's how the whole ARPANET started. And then we, and the, the technology started shifting, but it's still defense spending. We still pay for it. They get tax credits. They operate like municipalities, like um, it's called cost plus. Uh, or, or I can't remember what the business term is, but it's it's basically a uh, protected monopoly, right? Where this this monopoly works with the government and they provide you a service at cost plus like 15%. And, and, and it's, we've been doing business this way for a long time. And so they're seen as an extension of government spending and of critical infrastructure spending. So that continued up until this day and the people now in the tech industry like YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google, they all take advantage of municipal tax credits. They're almost treated like a public utility or they are treated like a public utility under the tax code. This is very scary because these public utility companies that operated as private monopolies, they worked with the government and it was, it was ruled that they could not censor us. They're using and have built on that same existing infrastructure but for whatever reason, as it's evolved, the government has become more and more lenient on what they allow them to do to us and how they allow them to silence us. But I would go back to the original case law that decided this against the, the, the phone industry and say it's completely illegal. And someone's going to get their ass handed to them uh, one day for it. Uh, and people can say, oh, but they're a private business. They can do whatever you want to. No, they can't. It's called a heckler's veto in open society. You cannot go in public to a protest. And there's people protesting, right? Everyone's saying, oh, we don't like this. We don't like that. You cannot show up with air horns and silence them. That's been decided. That's been decided by the Supreme Court for a long time. It's called a heckler's veto. These companies use lawyers and they use power of purse to silence people, which is effectively a heckler's veto. If money is free speech and they're using money and suppression that, that, that comes with that money to silence those individuals, they're exercising a heckler's veto on the public in the new public square. Why is that the new public square? Well, because the government decided it's a public utility. And they, in the previous case law, basically decided that party lines and telephones at that, at that time when they were being used that way 100 years ago, not even that long, to be honest with you, but they, those were public square. And you couldn't silence huge blocks of people. 
you certainly can't use a heckler's veto to silence a protest. People are using the internet to protest as a form of protest. And this all really started, and Tucker was the only one that covered it, but there was a radical website that got shut down called the Daily Stormer. It was a couple years ago. Yeah, it's a far and, right wing, almost white supremacist, if it, if it wasn't just outright white yeah, supremacist. So, so Tucker's the only person that defended him because this guy gets shut down and his website gets moved all different places. I think it's still up, but I mean, I think, I think that he, he lost his Cloudflare support. And the guy at Cloudflare, I, so I started looking back into this when we decided to talk about this. He just basically up and decided, he woke up that morning, his words, not mine, and he decided he was going to get rid of it. You know, that's the type of power these people have over your free speech. And, and you are using their product, but you are also using a product that would not be available to them to provide you if it wasn't for your spending. It's very interesting. And people can say, well, the private businesses, they can do whatever they want. Like I said, you can't do that with a heckler's veto. You cannot use, you, you cannot use money effectively if it's free speech as a tool to manipulate the way you do business in order to silence somebody. I would rule that probably as a heckler's veto. And secondly, um, you know, we, we don't let Bayer sell cocaine to children anymore. We don't let you know, Bayer sell morphine just over the counter. Um, like there, there's Coca-Cola can't put cocaine or Coca in their product anymore. We've made a bunch of rulings that say, Hey, like private industry can't hurt you. Okay. They're, they're not allowed to violate your rights and your free speech. So that's, that's my soapbox. Why well, I think we're seeing it now illegal. just, just today, not only were they shut down, they being, if, if you're just joining us on, on the Facebook live, we're talking about America's frontline doctors being shut down from pretty much all of social media. But more so now, to, to Quentin's point, a public utility like a website domain hosting service that they are using called Squarespace, which uh, being in the web design and development space, I already have my own biases against those, those kind of third-party services, but they shut them down. They shut their website off completely. No warning, no, no nothing. They get an email with a terms of service violation saying, you know, we can turn off your website at any given time for any given reason. They didn't even give a reason. They just said it went against our terms of services. Dr. Gold posted the screenshot and, you know, she's getting a lot of support out there. The, the entire group obviously is getting a lot of support. Trent, what are your thoughts on suppressing this type of speech, love it, hate it, or, or indifferent to it? How should we be treating these doctors that have a dissenting opinion of the quote unquote narrative that's happening right now? Well, first of all, you got to stop letting Quentin read Wikipedia. Because I don't know how he knew all that. He is Wikipedia. I mean, I was just like, man, he is he Wikipedia. <laughs> From I didn't. 18, I swear, I didn't. I didn't have anything in front of me or anything. I just went off the top I mean, of my head. And I know. I'm like, man. I didn't get no prepared notes for the show. Um, you get the talking points. <laughs> I didn't get any talking. I'll have points, my people talk to your people. Either. Yeah, man. Goodness gracious, I am not prepared. I'm just gonna be like, I thought it was BS. That <laughs> off. He's just but making it up off the top of his head every single time. Yeah, I. It is BS. Take, that's that's take, a more appropriate take, anyway. He's an information yeah, box. I, I think the, the internet should be wide open, basically. I think you have to have some censorship 
I think they should have put a disclaimer over the Nigerian lady and her crazy alien yeah. sperm, or whatever she's talking about. Because but she didn't talk about that during the press conference. Were, That's the thing. No, she, she didn't. And and there were some valid points. Well, I heard it live. Um, there were some valid points that they she brought up that point. should be that are up for conjecture. There's some things that sure. we should discuss, right? Like Quentin, like like you know, hydroxychloroquine may have some preventative. Um, uh, qualities like that's right. been talked about. Should she be and out there saying it's a cure and you know stop wearing masks? She probably shouldn't have said that as a doctor. But at the same time, we we have doctors all the time say go get a second opinion, go get a second opinion. And here's a second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth, tenth, uh, and peer-reviewed published studies. Um, NIH had a, a study back in 2015, I believe, or, or earlier, which was under Dr. Fauci's watch, and this is something that they've touted in their press conference that. Virology, which is NIH's publication, said hydrochloroquine was a good medicine to be used on something similar to what we're looking right. at now with a SARS-like virus. And we're exactly. suppressing, and everyone's saying this is misinformation. I have yet to see anybody in the comments or, or in any conversation talk about what they actually said. Right, because you brought up her her religious beliefs, and that's where people are going to like, oh, this crazy witch doctor is out yeah, here exactly. in front of the the White House or wherever they are talking about some crazy things. It's like, but they never said anything about her religious beliefs. They were talking about medical things. They were talking about medical opinions. They were talking about uh, kids getting back to school. How right. is the conversation shifting from ad hominem attack? Like we have nothing notice better. That, notice that they only attacked. Her. The black Nigerian. Yeah. How the dare only they? one I've seen. I was like, there was, there was eight white folks up there, but the black Nigerian. Now, she was the loudest and the craziest, and the loudest and the craziest gets the, the passionate, most. Passionate. Passionate. But I'll I'll say this. I I shared a you know a couple months ago, hey, I believe that I had COVID even though I tested negative, and I used um well, that's totally plausible. I mean, that's yeah. that's totally plausible. Right, right. It totally is. I used the handy dandy Bragg's apple cider and uh, got over it. Now, I've told other friends who've had it since. They've used the same thing, and and they have called and said, "Man, you're right. You use this. You did what I said. Go for a jog. Go for a walk. Stay upright." Which this we all know. This is not medical okay. advice. This is our disclaimer. Trenton is not a medical professional. Please consult your physician. He's talking about it. He's talking about his experience. Yeah, I'm just talking about my experience, right? But to stay upright and get out and, and keep moving, I actually got months ago from South Korea. So now, should my Facebook post, uh, my boy Jeremy Anderson, a uh, great friend was talking about that, you know, should my Facebook post be taken down because I said that I took, high, you know, um, apple cider vinegar and be taken down? I don't think so. But you know what I'm saying? But I'm also not wearing a lab coat saying, uh, I have, you know, treated 350 patients that I don't have any documents to say, you know, to see. That's another thing that she said. There's no documentation of these 350, 350 patients. There was no analytics and placebo study. So to go out there and say, stop wearing a mask and take hydroxychloroquine is a bit... Uh, That's pretty reckless. Reckless, yeah. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have advised that if I was a doctor. I mean... Yeah, people can have whatever mass debate they want, but like, if you if I wouldn't give the advice not to wear one. I mean, there there's 
there's studies that they work. There's studies that they don't work, but we do know they do reduce spread by a certain percentage. We talked about this on the show. And yeah, Justin had a really great spreadsheet 20% calculation that was really fascinating. If you didn't, and, and, and what happens that. to that exponentially uh, is is astounding. As a doctor, I I think I would want people to be aware of stuff like that, not not like don't wear this because you know, whatever. It's un, it's undeniable that mask work. I mean, yeah. If you want to look at where Florida and Texas were headed to, uh, and California, an exponential spread. And now that the mask mandate came down and you see things tapering off, that's it why. is unbelievable that yeah. masks are having some sort of effect. Now, but you take a look at the graphs, before. you take a look at the graphs that match similarity as far as spiking and then declining. You, you look at everyone's favorite model, Sweden, who did none of these things, who had no mandates, who had no lockdowns, and they had the same sort of spike and decline with and without masks. I have a problem with using the whole Sweden model, though, because I can promise you they cherry pick those numbers because of back course. in the day, when they, when, they, when they decided not to quarantine and when they decided not to lock down, it was all about the migrants. And this, this, is, all, this is all about the Swedish migrant model and, and not wanting to contaminate that little experiment. And people can say, oh, that's not true. You're just pulling that out of your butt. No, like they said that at the very yeah. beginning. You can find the government documents. That's exactly true. And they also did social distance and they also did put they in did, more yeah. restrictions, you know, that we yeah. don't talk about later. When things were getting ridiculous out of hand there, they're like, all right, all right. Well, you know, we'll get, we don't know if we can have it. Because they were getting out of hand because they yeah. were very laissez-faire. And a lot of conservatives were like, see, Sweden can do it. Like two months ago, you were talking about Sweden and their migrants and how it's a big problem. <laughs> well, that's that's why they're not social distancing. Like you're literally playing into the Swedish narrative. Like you're a part of that now. Congratulations. And that's like I and I'm con- I try to stay consistent. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bite on either one of those things. Right, but we don't need to talk about Sweden. No, I mean we we, can, we we have a totally different situation here. Yeah, you can look at New York, and then you can look at Texas, California, Florida, Alabama, and you can just see this is what happens when. We let everybody out of the cage, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, look at look at baseball. I mean, if you if you really want to talk about, um, you know how how quickly things can spread. I mean, all of a sudden, fourteen players on the Mar- Marlins are are, are are testing positive. I mean, it, it's so quick and it's so fast. But and weren't they wearing time- masks? But they, you can't. I mean, they're touching the ball, and then they're touching their, their, you know, they're wiping their brow. And they're licking they're each other's lockers. Things. I mean, they're touching other things that you know, someone who's infected is touching. You're sweating, and then you know, you rub your face with something that goes down in your eyes, and then boom, you got it. You know? So does this mean I, that I, we're I not going to see, see any more? Sport. Are, are we not going to be able to see any more butt pats? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no you're, more not gonna you're not going to see the NFL. You're not going to see the NFL. Is what I'm telling. You. Oh yeah. Not. yeah, yeah I think you're right. They're, they're, you know, they're canceling preseason. There's not going to be, it's not going to make it past, I don't know, week two. Because, yeah. first of all, you put a $100 million quarterback out there like Dak or Drew Brees or whoever you want, and then your tackle and your guard and your center get coronavirus, they're out two weeks, and you're going against the, the Vikings. So before we, get into, before we get into the sports and, and everything that's happening there, let's go back to – the censorship and, and just kind of close that thought at least. And, and where, where is that taking us? Where, where are uh, we I heading? Think, so we're headed to a point where, you know, we're seeing a potential flashpoint in the future. Let's in war game this. We've got a flashpoint 
there's some sort of like little uprising or a resistance movement or whatever in your area, guess what? You're silenced. We saw this happen with the Arab Spring. So this is not like, I'm not just, this isn't something I'm just coming up with out of thin air. We saw that with the Arab Spring. They completely silenced dissident movements. They completely silenced, uh, you know, opposition and pro-government. Uh, China actors. does it. I do it all the time. But, but the, the Egyptian model is what we'll use. That the Egyptian model from Arab Spring is exactly what our government will use because we gave them the ability to do it. And if you don't believe me, you can go look it up for yourself. The, the NSA gave them the internet kill switch. They gave them the platform kill switch. And they used it. They used it very effectively. So if anything happens here and it's outside of the media's narrative, they don't like it, whether you're left or right, guess what? No one's ever going to hear about it. That, that was a conversation that Alex Jones was having years ago about the internet kill switch and FEMA taking over everything. And I mean, that's, no, that's a right. very realistic, probable situation that we get to a certain point this this is the analogy that i alluded to earlier that this is this information is like a wildfire people are uploading it and re-uploading it before they can censor it and then it gets censored and thirty thousand more people have uploaded different versions the only way to stop it at this point if they want to continue to keep it suppressed is to kill facebook yeah. is to kill the the source of information that is out oh, there <laughs> Well, kill the they'll, internet. They'll just they'll just kill you on Facebook. Like, look, we, yeah. we're reaching a really weird point where people are worried about deep fakes, right? Well, they're not worried about deep fakes where people are chopping up what people say, although that is a problem. You can look at Rogue One. We're to the point where people can actually make it look like you're saying something and resurrect a dead man, right? Mm -hmm. Forrest Gump. We're not like this isn't even this isn't even crazy tinfoil hat crap anymore. No, it was in Forrest Gump. It was the basis of yeah. the entire movie was putting him in these historical contexts. Yeah, they can kill you, not actually kill you, but remove you from the internet, and then just leave you up there, and they could just it, literally have an AI make it look like you never went anywhere. And I know that sounds really crazy to people, but it's really not. It's it's not that complicated. And at the very least, if there's a situation in your part of the country and you're making a stand one way or the no another and it's not the narrative, you're silent. You're yeah, gone. You're a ghost. But it's not the NSA, Quentin and Sal. It's, it's not the NSA. No, it's, it's the companies. It's right. the companies that what's, are doing it. What's happening is the smart people, okay, are tired of the dumb people putting in um, – people that they're not, that they don't like. And that's really what it is. You have to remember, and this goes to Trump. Trump was elected by a lot of non-college educated people. Yeah. College educated liberals, as, you, as we like to call them, are the ones that run, run Twitter, run Google, run Facebook. Okay, yeah, absolutely right. On, on, on both coasts. So what, it, what is happening is we are tired, at, when I say we, I don't mean just me, but I know, I do know some of them out there in Silicon Valley. And they are tired of things being misconstrued and people sharing things that are completely fake and false. And they're, they're like, we have to put some stop to this or our own creation is going to eat us because we know that this is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, and look, people can say whatever they want about the whole Russia conspiracy or whatever. The, the bottom line is foreign countries do have fusion centers that seriously sit around and make memes and fake content to yep. piss people off at each other all day long. That's a I real do. thing. You know what the scariest yeah, part a, about all of this? That's a real thing. 
the scariest <laughs> thing is that I just finished watching Homeland, right? Homeland is a uh, Showtime TV show with um, Claire Danes, and it was the CIA and, and all the ins and outs of what was happening uh, with that character. But literally, the last three episodes, or I'm sorry, the last three seasons is everything short of the virus. Everything yeah. that we're seeing politically was happening in that show. Active measures with Russia, active measures with China and, and foreign governments. All of, I mean, there was an entire season dedicated to an Alex Jones-like character who was colluding with deep state CIA black ops. And they were creating, I mean, they had an NSA-like office where they had hundreds of people creating hundreds of thousands of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook accounts that were anti-government, anti-president of, uh, in, during the show. Yeah. Everything if Mockingbird is real, why does Mockingbird end at the major media sources? Why aren't you Mockingbird? How, how, if I was in the CIA or the NSA, I would be thinking, you know what, Mockingbird is a great program. I really love how we can get all the media sources in line one way or another. How can we get the people to start being Mockingbirds too? Well, you are one. Every time you get on Facebook and you share something that seems funny or edgy, but it's kind of off to you, you're a mocking. The AP just had an that's, article. That's who you are. The AP just had an article with two Russian agents that came out talking about the GSR is using misinformation and putting out fake stories, fake headlines, fake news to, to create a, a separation and a faction, two separate factions. And there was a... There was another uh, YouTube, not YouTube, but Facebook video that was spreading a couple of days ago, a Yugoslavian uh, immigrant female who was talking about Americans need to pay attention because everything that happened in Yugoslavia is the exact same things that's happening in America right now. We're creating these factions. We're creating these political ideologies. We're creating this tribalism, you know, where it's Black Lives Matter versus Blue Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter versus Liberal versus, I mean, everyone is just at each other's throats. And yeah, right. we were literally talking about that on our first episode. Yep. That this yep. is this is the balkanization in Yugoslavia. And it and it's worse. And it's, yeah, it's it really is worse. Worth it. And it, my I told you guys before my my Facebook was when I created I I created it just so I could understand marketing. People think that I, you know, I, I don't some people think think crazy things. I created my Facebook just so I could understand the marketing and understand the algorithm. But as I got deeper into it, I realized that you can control people so easily. And I have left and right extremes on my Facebook completely intentionally now. It's completely intentional. Um, I can post something about Black Lives Matter or anti-Black people, as I'll just put it, with Black people beating up white people. And I watch the conservatives go crazy and the algorithm will go up. And then I put up the complete opposite post. And you know, the other side will go, go crazy. And it's, and it's amazing how much, um, Terrence K. Williams, if you've seen him on, on Fox, on Fox yep. News, uh, I know Terrence. I've known Terrence for years since he was in Austin. Terrence doesn't believe the shit that he's saying. Not at all. Terrence is doing it for the money. And it's a, it's a beautiful model. I mean, Terrence was broke in 2015. And he found a niche that if he sits there and eats chicken, White people will laugh. Black people think it's coonery. But, but he got this model to follow him, and he just kept going with it. He believes none of the things that he posts. But it, Your it, Facebook it, 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 is a case study in A-B testing oh, population yeah. segments. 
It, it's like it's brilliant. That's why I love following you. And and you and I share a lot of views. Well, it's also but a case like, study. I would <laughs> I would highly recommend anybody who is watching this to check out Trent's Facebook. You you need to make a, a page, not not just your own personal one. But it's also a case study yeah. in just how shadow banning works whether or not you believe shadow banning and you know there was there was the twitter hack that happened a couple of weeks ago where they had screenshots of the a literal shadow ban button that was like in the back dashboard of twitter um but twitter has a shadow ban feature facebook has a shadow ban feature and we can see that because i can post something very very controversial and it'll get a like a comment a an interaction but if i post a picture of my homestead and goats all of a sudden it goes crazy and I get 40, you know, 50 likes, hearts, reactions, comments here and there. It's the craziest thing. And you're telling me that shadow banning isn't real, that there's not an algorithm that is specifically targeting without me putting dollars behind it to put content in front of people who quote unquote follow me or, or my friends. Hey. Hey. Did I lose you? You're still there? No, we're good. Yeah, you're good, man. Yeah, no, there absolutely is. And I see it every every day because also in my in my line of work, uh, to your point, Sal, if I wanted to target, there's a way that I can target Hispanics that have a lot of debt, okay, with Oracle data. So I can take Oracle data that's got a general vicinity of any, like San Antonio. And I can, now I can't tar target you by your credit rating, but I know if you've got a lot of debt, and I know that your income is low, let's say under 50,000, but you're carrying this amount of debt that you probably got a low income income rating. Now, based upon that, I can probably use, I can also use some metrics to know where, where you're probably going to vote at, okay? And begin feeding you things that may get you riled up with maybe, maybe it's something La Raza, Maybe it's something uh, on uh, the the border on on Goya beans. On, yeah, maybe it's something going on in McAllen because there's a lot of Hispanics that are in McAllen that feel left out because more people are dying in South Texas than they are in Houston and Dallas, which doesn't make any sense. But you know, creates a divide not only in the wealth gap but in the ethnicity gap of why are the people in certain places dying at a, at a higher rate than others. And you can, you can target all these things and cultivate an audience and feed them whatever you want for your voting. So where does it go from here? Yeah, do we have I, an internet kill switch. Do, do we favor that? I mean, this is, this is getting into well, some I, dark what territory. Trent, yeah. What Trent said is true. Uh, the government hasn't done anything because they like the fact that censorship has been outsourced. See, if the government violates your First Amendment rights, that's a serious problem. If they, through free market and free enterprise, you know, use verbal chicanery to get and allow private enterprise to tyrannize you, then then that's not a big deal because they can convince the only group of people, which really, let's be be serious, is the conservative base and then far left. The only group of people that are going to talk out about it, they can convince both of them, anarcho-communists or anarcho-capitalists or libertarians or whatever, that they can't do anything about it and they shouldn't because that would violate the principles of free market and what that's it's not even not even constitutional. But that's another it's a debate for another day. 
but they'll, they'll, they'll defend the business's right to tyrannize them all day because business is above all in this country, which is actually not true. Um, they, businesses actually don't have the right to violate your constitutional rights. It's the government's responsibility to clamp down on that. If the government cannot make a law that does these things, then they cannot allow for law that allows businesses to do it to you. So, you know, I don't, I, I, I agree with Trent. It's, it's going to be private businesses that are going to just remove you. And then the government's just going to like, you don't actually exist anymore. Your grievances can't be heard. You can crowd as loud as you want. You can go to the street corner and look like a lunatic with the, the end is near sign. No one's going to hear you. No one's coming for you. You're not going to get on the internet and you're not going to say anything and it's not going to reach anyone. You're just gone. Bye-bye. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and I think you're, I'm sorry, Sal, go ahead. I was just going to say the end result is nobody cares. Nobody's going to care because. No, they can't care. <laughs> they can't. They, they, they don't they know that you're. you. Yeah. I think the end result is the corporate republic. And I think mm -hmm. we're as close to the corporate republic as we've ever come. So even when states didn't act on mass, when HEB and Walmart acted on mass, you had to, in order to buy, you had to do what the corporation had said. And when Google and Twitter and Microsoft line up with, this is what the narrative is going to be, it is actually more powerful than the government. If, For sure. If, if anyone hasn't, you know, recognized that. What I, but what I, what I see, I don't see a kill switch, but I do think there are certain people like Alex Jones, um, you know, and uh, Milo and some of some of the far extremes on both sides uh, will be just blacked out, as as you say, as, as they get more extreme. It hasn't happened to the left because no one, everyone's afraid to offend the left. Um, but I think I think which you're is right. hugely I powerful. I yes. mean, from a strategic standpoint, we've gotten to the point where cancel culture, and, and we were going to talk about this in an upcoming episode with, with the woke economy, but can cancel culture in and of itself has given it's stock manipulation. It's diplomatic immunity for the left to get away with anything they want to do, say, act, feel, whatever, right? You can have a crucified, uh, a crucifixion in a bottle of urine and call it art and it's protected and you can't take offense to that you can't even criticize it because then you're canceled like there's no power on the right to cancel the left the left holds all the cards the left holds all the power to cancel people right now and that's a hugely powerful position to be in and it's a hugely scary one because who's running the techno oligarchy right now is the left the yeah. I'm going to say something that's going to offend some people, but it's yes. smart people. The, I mean, smart, that's, that's not false. I mean. Yeah. The, typically, the more liberal, liberal you are, the more traveled you are, and it's because you experience more, more, more cultures. And, you know, I, I don't even know what liberal and conservative means anymore, but having coming, coming from California to Texas, um, I can just tell you it means that you're exposed to different different cultures, different kinds of people more, more often. Um, I, I, can, I can say that you're, you're correct, but I think we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years, maybe more, you've seen the government select for 
And I'm not saying this has nothing to do with people are going to immediately infer that I'm talking about affirmative action. I am not. Okay. I want to get that out of the way. I'm not. But the government, based on socioeconomics and how they manipulate trade and jobs and incentives and regions, can pretty much determine who gets to go to college and who doesn't uh, through, you know, uh, macroeconomic manipulation. So you can you can choose you can just select populations out of your educational pool if you want to. And we've also seen like the march through the institutions. It's it's no secret, like people can go people can go look into HUAC and all of that. What happened with Joseph McCarthy? And you know people are like Joseph McCarthy was evil and he didn't find anything. It was a witch hunt. Well, one of the chair members on HUAC with Joseph McCarthy was an actual NKVD agent. You can go look it up. Samuel Dickstein. So when you're leading a witch hunt and your you know chairman co-chairman is actual KGB spy, you're probably not going to find anything. So, uh, you know, like we, we do know there has been like long term leftist infiltration in education. Like that's not a secret. And. Uh, so, but to your point, I'm I'm pretty conservative. Right. But but I am well traveled and I do have an education. And so there are a bunch of things that I look at that, you know, people on the left make uh, arguments about you know, economics or something like that. I'm like, I completely agree with that. Because I, I do understand the implications of what you're talking about, where some people just have a knee-jerk reaction to be averse to that. So I think you're more middle than you are left. I mean, yeah, me, they, yeah, yeah, right. I'm, I'm a centrist. Yeah. yeah, I think you're very in the center. Good. Yeah, I'm a centrist, um, but I, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said. I mean, it, it's. That but even but, even that argument that Trent's trying to make, or, or I'll let you get back to it, Trent, not to cut you off again, but. It puts this false dichotomy in front of people. It puts this binary thinking, this tribalist thinking, right? Like liberals are open-minded, conservatives are closed-minded. And that's not true. Like we just start lumping people into these one or the other tribes. And that's what's creating this headbutting because yes, there are individuals like Quentin and myself and you who can say, you know what? I don't really care who you marry as long as it doesn't bother me, right? You have the libertarian argument, but then... I will stand firmly against abortion or, or very fiscal conservative uh, topics. So, I mean, we can sway back and forth and the, the pendulum swings both ways for a lot of people and that bell curve, most people tend to be in that bell curve and these far extremes are what's getting the attention. But, but let's be real, there is no liberal and conservative. It's a myth. Yeah. Most of you, I understand, most of you don't, they, I like calling BLM uh, Marxists. Most of y'all don't even know what Marxists are. The, the <laughs> Most of our audience does. I will argue that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But Mar Marxism is a economic theory. It's not a right. theory. It's got some social context. Every time somebody makes a totalitarian statement, they're like, oh, they're a socialist. It's like, what are they, how do you know they're economics? I don't yeah, get it. I mean, well, that's when you get cultural Marxism. Exactly. If anything, uh, BLM is Trotskyism, but I'm not going to go all down the isms. You know, it, it's just there's no point. There's no point to it. The 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 people in Seattle are completely different uh, on the left, are completely different than the people down in McAllen or Houston that are on the left, are completely different than the people that are in Florida that are would call themselves on the left. I mean, I, I would like to make this point. Yeah conservatives who lean libertarian as far as their outlook on business and your unquestionable support for big business 
and your inability to comprehend why it is that we had antitrust laws and your your attacks on people like Teddy Roosevelt who instituted these things, you're the reason you are about to be silenced. You have no one to blame but yourself. Your your advocacy for, for complete and, and unwavering support for the uh, the corporate world is going to ultimately end up in your removal to free speech. And if you've ever wanted to know why we instituted antitrust laws to begin with, you're going to get a, a front row seat. You're going to get to find out. But corp- that's, that's not like a, a tax always, on anything you were saying. Conservatives were always for big business, but now conservatives are basically small business. And it, it, it's it's totally top on your hand. You know, it, it you can call yourself conservative. Okay, anybody that's called themselves conservative over the last what fifteen years is going to say, "Oh, I don't. I'm not for big budgets. I'm not spending a lot of money." Really, but in, but you support Trump. We're going to have the largest deficit that we've ever seen in our in 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 light in, in unimaginable de- deficit, and and it's going to be passed by a Republican Senate. I mean, we've already passed three point six trillion. They're going to pass another one trillion. Trump's deficit this year is going to be close to six trillion. And I know that there's a, a huge, you know, pandemic that is that is causing this. But there, are, no one is talking about physical responsibility. I didn't hear anybody saying we shouldn't bail out United, Delta, and all these all these companies. You know, you know what I mean? You know, everybody wants a, a, a check. So it's great to be conservative until there's a crisis. And then everybody becomes a liberal. So I don't know what being conservative means other than I'm pro-life. Yeah, and that's just that's just like meat for the base because like that is not even remotely possible to achieve again. And I, I just want to make it clear, I'm personally like anti-abortion. I, I made no make no mistake about it. Uh, but, but but uh, you know uh, th- that is liberal actually. Being being uh, well being anti-abortion. Being anti-abortion is actually pretty conservative, but but no, no, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you're conservative. I've said it wrong. You're conservative, right? Right. I knew what you meant, and that's why I agreed with you. But yeah, no, that's a pretty conservative perspective. But at the same time, my economic policy would be considered pretty left because I understand what MMT is, right? What we're doing is MMT. But what people people should fail. What they fail to realize is like number one, our fiscal policy might have just outrun our monetary policy. Because you're seeing the coin shortage, and that 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 is from the fiscal outrunning the monetary. Yeah, our okay? last episode and, with Chris Stallings was a really great financial deep dive. If you want to get into that one, but you, we we covered a lot of what you're talking about. And uh, you know, your what what happens is is government know this. Now, look, in crisis, you got to spend money. There's just yeah. no because we we at first we were counting on corporations to do the right thing you should never do that their their only goal is to make money they don't, they're not they are not employers on purpose they are not you know they, they do not anything that you see that they benefit the community that's just like a byproduct and it's it's incidental and they would try to lean that out of their their workflow if they could okay so they're not going to make the right decision or if they do make the right decision it's going to be totally incidental but you know we're going to have to spend money. If once we have spent this money, we're going to have to contract the money supply unless we can have a baby boom. Okay, that's the only way you can get away with not doing that. But at the same time, this is why I'm like very restrictionist on immigration. It's, it's because 
the carrying capacity of this country is not very much actually and we feed the whole world so you keep plowing under and, and paving over farmland you're, you're going to see massive amounts of death throughout the world and and it's just a matter of time before that becomes a reality and, and we also have to worry about the resources here and the just overall carrying capacity people can look up what that is so i don't know how much more we can actually boom our population before we start to have like serious problems worldwide um so what they're going to do is they're going to contract the money supply through taxes eventually. Nobody wants to raise taxes, but they're eventually going to have to do it. Or they're going to do it in another manner. They have to do it. And, and do what? Yeah, they're going to have to do it. I'm completely They're going to have to. And, 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 and uh, when they contract that money supply, they know a certain percentage of the population is going to die. And you can do things as a government with USDA, the FDA, the Department of Transportation, the, the Commerce, uh, Health and Human Services. Bureau of Labor and Statistics can tell you a lot of things of how to manipulate the population where you, you just take people that you're just not very fond of or you want to get rid of and you, you can, you can do it. Um, and that's like very controversial and people would say, oh, that's like tinfoil hat stuff. No, like if I know these things and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I just know a thing or two about business and government. I can promise you the people that run the government, they know they can do this and they do it and they will do it in the future. And a, a portion of your population is going to go from middle class the lower class, lower class is going to die death and despair. And we're seeing that all throughout the Rust Belt. You can't tell me that the, the corporations and the politicians in the Midwest didn't know exactly what was going to happen to the Midwest when they allowed all of our jobs to be sent overseas. And you say, well, well, they couldn't do anything. People were sending cheap products here and we got to compete. They didn't have to let the products come in here in the first place. They could have embargoed that, those products. They didn't have to come here in the first place. That's a false argument. So they knew exactly what was going to happen, and this can be played out again. So I don't know. I think we're in for some really weird – I mean, th this is getting, like, pretty weird to me. Oh, I mean, you've got, like, almost – yeah, yeah, you've got, so, like, almost like a minority report type system going on online, and then you've mm -hmm. got, like, you know, I don't know if we're, like, coming up on, like, The Giver or like Fahrenheit 451. I don't know oh, what geez. dystopic no, we're in, novel we're in at this point. It's, it's like a convergence of all the YA dystopia and then all the intellectual dystopia. It's like all of it is a melting pot. Like I'm just, I'm, now we've got asteroids heading our way. Like, come on, what's going on here? What's going on, guys? Are we, wait a minute, hold on. Wait a minute, this might be in the Bible. We might actually not be talking about movies. We might be talking about the Bible. To, to get us back on, you know, so we talked about America's frontline doctors and, and the censorship that's happening there and, and kind of the socioeconomical aspects of it. This is what we're seeing with the BLM and, and everything that's happening in Portland. So to, to transition the conversation into what's happening in Portland, what's happening in Seattle, what's happening in Austin, talking about trigger events, talking about the next big thing that might be happening. Trent, you've said it. I've said it. Quentin said it in one way or, or another throughout the lifespan of our podcast, these trigger events are happening. And we, we can, with good pattern recognition, say that in the next few days, you know, we used to say in the next few weeks, but now it's like in the next few days, there might be a, another shooting. And to, to Trenton's point, you made a point that there might be a mass shooting. Can you expand on that? What do you, what do you see happening in the form of a mass shooting? And who's it going to come from? I'm afraid to talk about it. You know, because I don't want the FBI to call to call me again. Uh, which they, actually, actually, <laughs> again, it's actually true. I had to go down uh, last year, go two years ago. I had to go to the 
FBI office, and it happened um, just because I said there was going to be a mass shooting, and then um, I think El Paso happened. Um, not that that long after, and they were like, "Well, how did you know?" <laughs> like I didn't know. I just you know I, I watched read the, the patterns, <laughs> and it's yeah, you just watch patterns. The same way that that Bill Gates knew that you know there could be a pandemic. I mean, well, I I see a lot of mad people, and eventually. Mm gonna you know use and both guns. sides are carrying guns to these rallies yeah. yeah both sides are carrying you know 30 round magazine high-powered rifles eventually somebody's gonna use it. and it's unfortunate um i think it's a, it's just a, it's at a powder keg level um i think i don't know if they're i don't think, i think it's already in the plan somebody's already planning to do something Hmm. um oh there's no doubt at this point in my mind either i I, once you said it i was like and there's no there's no unfortunately and social media is part of it it, it's why maybe social media is a bit of an evil um because i i have friends that say who are good people but say really racist things and they don't know that it's racist and it's on both sides i have black friends that say really racist things and I have white friends that say really racist. Hold on, hold on, Trent. You're telling me black people can be racist? I want to stop the presses. Black people, <laughs> I got to be careful how I say this. Grandma, grandma going to get upset. Black people may at times in private be more racist than, than white. I just, <sighs> I'll just say, and it, it, but it's part of our culture. If you've ever watched black comedy, mm. I mean, you watch Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, uh, you know. Medea. Yeah, Medea, yeah, I mean, um, no, not Medea so much, but uh, <laughs> a couple, Bernie Mac, I mean, there's a couple that are, they are just overtly things that you could not say. Um, but again, they can get away with it because they lean a little bit more left. Right, and the left allows it because Black, we are not the, um, we are not the predominant race. But I, I, I do fear, uh, I think this, this statue thing, there was a protest in Weatherford, Texas, uh, recently, and you know, at, at some statue, and you know, maybe twenty BLM people showed up, uh, but there were a couple hundred of the other side, Weatherford, Texas. And what I would hate to see in a place like Weatherford, Texas, is five hundred BLM individuals, and maybe the Nation of Islam, or and the FCA. Black yeah show up and and then we then we may have a tragedy yeah it's very possible i mean i i think that you you've had you've had people on both sides who were like center left center right on of either race that have been kicked into an extremism category either due to perceived racism or perceived targeting or you know i'm not making light of some people's experience like definitely people are actually targeted and do experience racism right but a lot of this at this point is like how people feel about it and their perception mostly at this point on either side and i i do agree with you i think there's been a whole lot of people that have been um kicked into um extremist camps who otherwise maybe didn't have a, an opinion one way or the other just like three months ago yeah we're yeah. filing we're filing people into these tribes you know you believe this therefore you must be in this tribe and in this tribe we are going to well, act the this way of, 
I was having a conversation actually with one of my friends, you know, th- like people, if you make politics about identity, you force people's hand. Yes. You, you're going to force their hand and how they're going to react because like a, a white person is going to defend themselves for being white and they're going to defend their family or they're going to attack you because they think that you were imminently going to attack them. Same with a black person. A black person will defend themselves because they're black. If they feel like they're being targeted for being black, they will defend their family. If they feel like they're going to be imminently attacked, they will go and attack you. It's just human nature. People will defend themselves. And if you, if you, if people start to be, you know, filed into categories based on their appearance, they're going to have to act in accordance with their appearance at some point. It, 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 it's a survival instinct. It's fight or flight. Is exact. I'm I'm the epitome of because if you ask me, I will tell you. I won't tell you that. I mean, I don't even think that. I'm, I mean, I, I'm the not. I'm non-racial. Uh, this I is like up, totally true. You have said this to me off. Hmm. Yeah, we've talked about it on, on the, the show. Thing. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, but there are people that think I'm a, like a liberal Black Lives Matter, and I yeah, I support Black Lives Matter just because. Well, shit, that is kind of me if it has to be. You know, I, I don't want to get shot by the police or, you know, kneeled on. Um, I support the, in theory, of left police brutality because I have seen it in, in, different, in different cases. Coming from Rodney King, coming from the Rampart scandals in the 90s in L.A., uh, coming from the corporate prisons that, that were set up with the Clintons and, and Biden, um, that that did happen, where we were incarcerating blacks at in mass incarceration uh, for violations that white people didn't get for the same cocaine and uh, offenses. But we're talking about crack, the crack academic. So I have seen the disparity between the two, and I I, I have lived it. Um, but people often accuse me of now accuse me of being like liberal leftist. Um, Social champion like Kaepernick, and I'm like, I'm I've been on conservative committees. I've been on, you know, I've sat with Rick Perry and Kay Bailey Hutchinson, like at the same table. Uh, Governor Governor Abbott, you know, I nearly ran under a Republican, you know, moniker. Uh, I didn't because you know they told me how far they go back into your past, and, and I was like, <laughs> there's we shouldn't talk about, it. but that. It, it, some of my friends that I've known for years from Klein, uh, and it's a, it's a, if you know Klein, it's a very conservative area, um, but it's a very powerful uh, political area. The, the mayor of Houston is from there. Uh, Wesley Hunt, who is running for uh, Congress, who is also black. We went to high school together, graduated same class. Uh, but it's a very conservative, well-to-do, typically Caucasian era. And some of my friends have expressed things and put things on Facebook that I'm like, man, I can't even, you know, I can't go on that. But, but it's because we are being goaded not only by fake, uh, fake Russian posts with, you know, showing black people beating people. That they're true, but some of them are old and you're getting hit with all the ones. It shows black people beating up uh, the people in the mall, uh, black people beating up the guy that came out of the uh, spring uh, convenience store. Uh, black people, I, I shared one with uh, black people beating up a Trump supporter out, outside a car. We don't know if he's a Trump supporter, but they were yelling that he was. And was so, that recent? Because I tried to look into no, that before I reposted it. 
I even I got tricked. It was 2016. I should have took it down. I need to take it down then. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff starts happening again from a political basis. Like if you have a sticker and you get yanked out of your car, I think that is coming in the next couple of months. But 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 the central problem to this is the president, and nobody wants. A lot of people on the right don't want to admit that the, the president is the one that is inflaming these tensions and dividing us subtly. We are supported by Aerial Digital. Aerial Digital is a full-service digital marketing agency that specializes in custom-designed websites for small to medium-sized businesses. Whether you need a simple one-page bootstrap website or you're ready to start selling your products online with an e-commerce website, Aerial Digital is equipped to help your business. Go to aerialdigitalmarketing.com slash newnormal. That's A-R-I-E-L digitalmarketing.com slash newnormal and save 20% on your custom website today. Now, I know you don't always uh, 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 agree with that, but I see it more than ever. I've never seen president divide us so much along, along these lines and force us to pick a side. I want to, so I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I, I do. I have a nuanced view on that. I will say, do you, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think that his rhetoric is more inflammatory than past presidents, or do you think that there is a there is a trend in the American populace that people aren't treating individuals or politicians with as much deference as we have in the past? I definitely think it's, it's the. the I definitely think it's the sure. former, not the latter, because, or, or no, I think it's the latter, not the former, because people treat President Trump like he's their best friend. I mean, we've lost respect for the title of presidency at this point where we just call him Donald or Trump or, you know, what, whatever name comes to, you know, bad orange man, right? People have just lost all respect for the office. And in so much that now it's just like, Trump's my homeboy and he's got the same thoughts that I do. Therefore, and this is creating that divide that Trump's talking about. So Trump is just saying everything that's on everybody's mind, quote unquote, and that's inflammatory to the people who don't like what he has to say when it's the same conversations that they're having behind closed doors. So, yeah, my, my point about, I guess my position on the president is that it's not always what he says, it's it's how it's said, right? How it's presented. It's presented sometimes in a way that's what he says, Quentin. Do what? Sometimes it's what he says. No, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree yeah. with that. But it, but but most of the time, in my opinion, it's not exactly what he's saying. It's just how he's saying. When um, he's telling you to go back to your rat infested countries or your rat infested countries. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's like a very that's like a very specific instance. I'm just talking about his just constant tweeting and his, his like the things he just says off the cuff all the time. It's got a very specific instance. That's been multiple instances. I I will say like, I don't even want to. I don't know that. I, I mean, look, I have opinions. I have strong opinions. Would I ever say the things that Trump? Pro probably not. Because I want to get reelected and I want to actually, you know, like not <laughs> piss. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I'd want to get reelected. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you, if he feels this way, like, if he actually feels that way, he could actually just pass law preventing, like, preventing certain 
ideologies from entering the country. I know people like say that, that you can't. Like build a wall? Well, no, no, I'm not talking about that's like preventing a whole area. An, of an idea wall. But, but like, but but I'm saying like you you could you could screen people who are applying for visas on an ideological basis, and, and he could if he wanted to actually do that. Like he keeping he people could, from Nigeria and African nations and Muslim nations from coming into the country. Like, well, no, that's that's also that's all that's also racial. What I'm saying is, he says a lot of things. Actually, wanted to act on them, he could in silence, and it would he be. Hasn't, so but but he, 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 he hasn't. hasn't what I'm saying is. He hasn't acted. Well, no, what I'm saying is, like, if he actually wanted to do something, he could do something. But for whatever reason, he just likes to throw his base like this red meat of tweets all the time, and it gets people riled up. But like, there's no real substance to it. So you're saying when you ban people from entering the country from Muslim countries, and you don't want shithole countries, and you put up a you put up a wall from coast to coast, that was your platform. To make sure that you keep out people that are from Mexico that don't typically vote with or have your ideological ideal, you know, being. That's not true, though. I mean, there, there's a good number of statistics that show that immigrants, myself included, who tend to lean conservative. Once they, they get do. to the country and they do things legally, uh, they well, tend to go well, okay, so conservative me, and Republican. Let me let me like address the the, the two the two things because they're they're kind of they're they're obviously on the same line, but they're they're different. So the Muslim ban, right? The the Muslim ban. Let me just ask so, you this. Let me interrupt. So the, let me ask. Let me interrupt you real quick. Let me ask you this. Do you think it was racist to institute a Muslim? Yes or no. Well, I, I don't think he did that. But if 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 you instituted a Muslim ban, do you do you exclude Chechens because they're like whiter than me? Like, well, they look that way anyway. I mean, so I mean, I I don't know. Like, Muslim Muslim could be Serbs. It could be Bosnians. I mean, there's a lot of European Muslims too. So right. I mean, I I don't think Muslims are race number number one because I mean you got Uyghurs. You know, I mean you which are different race than like. Arabs are white, right? They're Caucasian. So, I mean, I, I don't know if Persians. that's necessarily a racist thing. That's a, that's an ideological thing. I will say this, and I, I want to make this like really clear. I'm like totally anti-immigration at this point, simply because number one, you don't just have the right to go to whatever country you want. And I'm not saying this on a racial basis or anything. You you can't just go places that you know, like. There's no human rights immigration. Okay, and at some point. At some point, it does become a dangerous thing. Like what I'm talking about is environmental impact, carrying capacity, mm -hmm. and a, a people who have set up borders and like lines on a map have the right to say like, "We don't want you here." Now, when a president does it by fiat, yeah, I can see where, from a, a political and ideological perspective, there, there could be problems with that. I could see that totally. Um, but I will say, like, if a group, like, they'll never have a referendum on immigration in this country because the majority of people don't want any more immigrants. You could poll that and you would find that. And, and you, there has been opinion polling done the on that in the past. The immigrants in the country don't want any more immigrants because y'all are all immigrants. But I understand what you're saying. Well, you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? And yeah. it, like, like it, it just, so my, my thing is, like, I would just ban. I, if I was him, I'd have just been like, nobody can come in here. And I think we could have had a referendum and actually got that done. The whole Southern Wall thing, 
that's just to me like you can say oh that's that's for racial purposes or whatever like i would just view it as it's an extremely dangerous situation and it's it's just one extra measure you could take to eliminate potential i mean you've got people from all over the world that can basically just book a plane to mexico pay a coyote and get smuggled over here and it's it's much easier to do it without a wall now i was all for an e-wall too like I think there needs to be a lot more surveillance down on the border, and and not just not just a wall, but like aerial coverage, and you know, you know seismic much, monitoring and all of that. You stuff. know how much surveillance there is down on the border? Because you oh, know, it's I, already I'm, ton. Yeah, you live there, and I, I see your pictures of the border helicopter and stuff, or your your videos all the time. So like the blimp, <laughs> like the the, the the blimp. We got yeah, followed by the deal. blimp. No, you want you want to go down to South Texas. You we were um, we were in West Texas, staying at Davis Mountains, and we did the Turlingua border. You know, just eight hour round trip through through Big Bend, and for the life of me, I was like, we totally look like we're a drug cartel because it's me in a white SUV. <laughs> I remember you posted that. Me in a white SUV, my buddy in a large uh, Nissan NV, sixteen passenger van. My in-laws in their truck, and then randomly out of nowhere, not with us, a U-Haul is behind us, and we're like all just in this caravan going down the border. I'm like, there's a blimp in the sky, and it's literally following us right now. This is not <laughs> this is not safe. We need to like pull off and let this U-Haul pass us, or do something that is non uh, non-confrontational, very touristy. But yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of surveillance. I mean, but. Trump's comments on, I think on if, the if, wall. If terrorists were, were, were going to come into the country at this point, or you were going to smuggle nuclear materials or, uh, you know, construction materials for a dirty bomb. Like if you can get, if you can get heroin into the country in truckloads, you can get cesium into this country. You can bring in massive amounts of botulin toxin. You could be making sarin gas. Well, fentanyl there. is a huge thing you, right you, now. You could, you could, yeah, like dump enough fentanyl in somebody's water tower, you'll kill the whole city. I mean, like, it, that's like when people, people don't bring up the fact that the Chinese, you know, they were able to successfully bring in like two and a half million pounds of fentanyl. It was literally enough to kill everyone in the country three times. It was, it's a serious deal. So I, at this point, I, I would completely lie. I, I, I mean, the wall, which is actually still not built, which is... Never was never going to get built. Still not going to get built, and it's completely. I agree with you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a it's a joke. Living down there, I can tell you, there is some wall needed in some places. Right. But building a wall and and your platform being a sea to shining sea, wall is not based upon, in that they're rapists and they're uh, murderers and some I'm sure are good people, but that that platform it's in itself was built on but that's what i was just talking about that that quote that specific quote where he talked about rapists and serial killers and there's some good people all of that was misconstrued and taken way out of context and that's what the left and that's what the media ended up propagating like oh he's against immigration he's against mexicans because he believes they're all rapists and murderers and all of this and that's not at all what he said when you listen to the full speech that's not at I all. Have to, I have to agree with, with a little bit of what Trent is saying, though, because like if I was Trump, this is exactly what I would say. I'd be like, you know what? And this is the truth. OK, the majority of people. That come into this country illegally at the southern border are decent people 
and they're here just to find jobs, but you just can't come here anymore. That's see, you, you didn't even have to get an ad hominem. Like you just feel like you, this is a nation and no matter how you feel about immigration in this country, how it all started, what, what this country is, power dynamics and power politics are this. A group of people draw a line on a map. They say, this is ours. They build a military to defend it and then create an infrastructure to keep people out. And then they say, no one can come in here anymore. And they have a right to do that. Then you become and North if Korea. Enough people, if, if, well, n- not really. I mean, you would. No, that's what they'll say. Other, Isolation. Yeah, no, yeah. You, I mean, you, you, can, you can make a point to that. But I mean, yes, if you wanted to isolate, if you wanted to become a hermit kingdom, and that's what the people in the country wanted to do, and they had enough votes to do it, that's the way power politics work. That's the way power dynamics work. That's how absolute power and having the monopoly on violence as a government, that's how that works. And, and really I don't think he had to say all of those ad hominem things about Hispanics because, number one, like, yes, there is crime in areas that have Hispanics. Like, it, it, I don't know that it's disproportionate. I would argue that it's, it's less in those areas than other demographics. So that, that's, not, that's not totally true. But you could have just simply said, like, you're probably nice people, but, like, you just can't come here anymore. Like, I'll tell you, bottom I'm, line. I'm going to tell you this. I was talking to, um, I'm not going to give his title, but somebody high up in the car, car business. Who's a Trump? Great guy. And he was talking about how he went to Dallas recently. And he was like, I, you know, I didn't recognize, it. you know, there's all these different kinds of people. And we, you know, and his, his, his statement was basically, don't you not, you know, aren't you worried about all these people from coming from all different places? Well, no, I'm not because I grew up in California. So people from different places don't bother me. But essentially, what you want is you don't want the demographic graphics of the nation to change. You're comfortable with 13% of the nation being black and 22% of the nation being Mexican. But if you're the predominant race, and I understand this, this is a, it's an okay discussion to have. If you're the predominant race and you're seeing all these different races come in from different places and Indians and Muslims and uh, Asians, and they're all taking piece of what you consider your pie, you're losing power. And Kanye West is not my favorite person, but he did say one of the smartest things I've ever and it's called, and he said in a rap, he said, do you have the power to let power go? And what's happening in with my Caucasian friends in Caucasian America is they're slowly seeing, like in places like Klein, Texas, that were 80% white, that are now 55% white, and lessening each year in the demographics of the areas are changing. It's an uncomfortable proposition. And what, what Trump says is, I'm going to keep things the same. I'm going to make America great. Again, I'm going to bring it back to a time that you were comfortable with. Because I know you I don't know that he necessarily feels that way, though. Because like if he wanted to do that, he would... The, the, the biggest, actually, one of the biggest forms of immigration in this country, I'm sure you know this, is visa overstays through the H-1B and, and EB-5 program and stuff like that. And exactly. he wants to increase that ad infinitum to yeah, but not you know, from, main, not, mainly Southeast Asia. But yeah, you know, but not, 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 from, not from 
certain countries, not from shithole countries. Right. No, no. He, well, I don't know. I mean, somebody could make the argument that India is not a very nice place, but it's mainly, it's going to mainly based on his criteria with the, what is it, the uh, the Rays Act or whatever. It, it's going right. to be from India and it's going to be from Southeast Asia. So And it's going to be from Norway and it's going to be from, from it's well, not going I don't. If that's only if, you get rid of the, if that's only if you get rid of the diversity lottery. Now, that's not necessarily true, because not, Nigeria has an exceptionally high average IQ. Nigeria so is that, on the Muslim bin list. Well, parts of it, parts of Nigeria, but Nigeria also has a, a very large Catholic population. I, I bet Doctor Emmanuel was probably Catholic. And that would yeah, be my guess. But Nigeria, Nigeria is on the on the ban list. Right. I, I, it doesn't, is, it, is it all? Is it all of? Is it all of Nigeria, or is it just the areas of Boko Haram control? Because like the Muslim ban list was were were countries that had active insurgency. So like I want to go to the, go to this because this is a national security problem. The the Muslim ban originally there was a lot of problems and how it got sparked. It wasn't even it wasn't even during the Trump administration. They started playing with this idea in the Obama administration. It was because when Syria started to fall and parts of Iraq started to fall the actual buildings that they were using to produce uh, passports was captured by ISIS. So it became a real serious problem. ISIS has cells all over the globe. So where did, where did we see these passports pop up? Chechnya, we saw them pass, pop up in Sudan. We saw them pop up in you know, Egypt and, and the, the Sinai Peninsula and Iraq and of course Syria, the, the Emirates as well. And, and so like you see in Yemen too, you saw loose passports everywhere and it became a real problem. So it, 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 I don't know necessarily like was, was it a Muslim ban? Yeah, because the people who live in that area are definitely predominantly Muslim, right? And ISIS was like exterminating all non-Muslims in, in, in these areas. But you, you also, you also didn't see like Trump allow Syrian Christians or Iraqi Christians or y Yazidis or any of these people in the country either, even though they would qualify for refugee status. The problem was, and the reason why we couldn't do it is those passport manufacturers, they were open to the public at that point. So are you really a Yazidi? Are you really a Christian? There's no way for us to know because we can't even verify your actual identity. It's the same problem that we had with the caravans. Yeah. It's it, it's really similar, and and so when you have rogue nations and they have access to old governmental passport, it it's it's open season on who's who at that point. So it's it's a much more complicated situation than it's presented, and and that is a serious problem. Because I'm actually I'm I'm pretty concerned about terrorists getting in this country. I'm really concerned about potential Quds Force or GRU. Or you know, GRU's like already DS, here. DSGE from France or other uh, other non-state espionage agencies, or you know, direct action or paramilitary groups from other nations getting access to those passports and then coming here. Well, we're like if we had the consulate being shut down from China. I mean, th this Syria, is going all across the board. Syria had, you know, Iran had direct access to Syria and Iraq and those same passports. They could have sent an agent in to get these passports to get Quds Force here. You know, so like that's that's not a joke and that's a real thing. And if Quds Force, and I'm sure we already have Quds Force here, but if we had a large contingent here that had just been battle hardened 
and Syria that were, you know, very much radicalized and could be potentially problematic. That's a nightmare, especially since we're already a powder keg. Because like, like I said with the fentanyl, like critical infrastructure at this point in this country is a total joke. And I, I mean, I know of so many things that somebody could do with just parts that cost less than $5 and they could completely cripple the nation. And, and that's like, that's not, that's not hyperbole. I mean, that really could occur. Correct. So let me let me reverse the question. And I know it's not my show, but let me reverse the question. I want to ask Sal. I think that's a good. I think it was a good question. I'm not. Well, I'm not well, like. I, I don't want you to think I was attacking you or something like that. No, 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 no. I just want to ask Sal a question. Sal. So let's say that uh, COVID nineteen. Um, let's say we found out that it caused infertility. Okay. And so obviously, now people here would be trying to mass exit the country and going to Canada and Mexico. And Mexico and Canada Canada closed its borders to us. Do you mm-hmm. think that would be fair? Yes. For the same reason we don't allow the plague to, to come in here, right? It's the same reason why China was shut down from from entering the United States during the COVID pandemic during the very front. I mean, that's what President Trump has been touting all along, that he was the one that shut down the border for, for Chinese immigrants coming in, or, or even nationals. So yeah, I, I'm all for sovereignty of a nation to make up their mind in that capacity. And, and to, to ask you a question, you, you've brought it up, I think, three times now, the, the quote about the shithole countries. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about why you feel that that is a negative stance well that was that was also never verified i gotta say that like i i like can i hear trump say that like let's be real yes right that was not verified you're his lawyer his personal no, no i mean look i would if when, when barack obama was president if i heard an unverified claim that you know he said something negative about Europeans or European countries, like some, a totally reverse situation. Okay. I wouldn't go around repeating. I, I, I just wouldn't, uh, but that's, that's just me. And that's why I'm asking. That's why I'm asking yeah. like what, if, if he did, or what if that was a rhetoric that was being passed around, why would it be okay to allow quote unquote shithole countries to immigrate here? If they are not offering America something, what is your perspective on, you know, right now we're being called the shithole country and they're not allowing us in the EU. I'm okay with that. We are. We are. Sorry, we're it's hard to, it's hard to Suddenly, <laughs> weird how, how that happens here. Weird how that turns around, huh? Yeah, and I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> hey, protect your borders. I'm, I'm good with you're that. You're okay with it now. You're okay with it now, but wait until Oklahoma doesn't allow you to, you know, leave Texas. I'm not leaving Texas, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> But no, uh, I'm I mean, that, that's a problem for, for, for my business. That's a serious problem. Yeah. And that, that is coming. It's, it's a conversation that we had today at work, actually. Yeah. That's, it's a real problem. You know, you know, we, we, what we, but back to your question, what is the problem? America has traditionally been bring us your poor, bring us your tires, bring us your. Well, your, that's your, not, that's, that's the, that's the poem well, on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. That's not well, ever been immigration policy. Like, that, to be fair, like that's, that's a, that's a poem, but that's never been policy. Okay, well, what's what's your heritage, if you don't mind me asking? I'll ask the Kelly Ann Conway question. I'm just English. You're English, okay. okay. Now, well, the Irish came here in the 1850s because of the potato fam- famine. The Polish well, came... The, the, 
You're, like, you're about to go up against the Wikipedia. You're about to go up against Wikipedia. Well, actually. Back up a little bit. The, the Irish, Irish immigration actually started to occur before the potato famine. It got really ramped up during the potato famine for obvious reasons. Um, we, we don't have I to will go say, through, I will, but we can I, go I, through I, the Irish. We can go through the person. The so, original Puritans that came here were persecuted. So, well, that's yeah, not, that's not, actually, Sal and I have had this conversation yeah. many times. We, 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 that's, that's actually not, we actually talked about this in Justin's, uh, when we were, we had Justin on the show. The Puritans weren't really persecuted, okay? This is a, this is a cool narrative that is, it's modern, it's, it's come up, but they were, they were, the roundheads were effectively in control who were Puritans at the time with Cromwell's dictatorship, a little after too, right? So the Purit, Puritanical beliefs were mainstream in England. And there's reasons why they initially got charters to go to the Netherlands and then come back and everything. But like, yeah, my family were one of those groups that my family were not Puritans, actually. They were, they were merchants. They owned ships uh, that brought people to Massachusetts Bay Colony. They were wool, wool traders. Um, and this I'm was just, an intentional... Do what? I'm just going to put it like this. A lot of people that have come to America have come for a better life from a place that wasn't as... Right, but that's so. Like, I will say this: when my family came to the United States, I'll give you an example of of two different groups that came. My family went were part of the Jamestown experiment, and they were on the Mayflower. Oh, you and go then, way back. And then my my family on my mom's side were also they came to Texas with LaSalle. My family's been in Texas since 1643, and they they didn't have a better life. They were coming to here. As a matter of fact. The family that came here with LaSalle were all massacred. My ancestor was a slave to the Karankawa. He was born, he was, it was two years old and his whole family were, were killed in front of him and his infant brother was smashed up against a tree. And, you know, he was a slave almost his entire life after that to the Karankawa. He was found by the French military. He, he joined the French military later. His dad was a French officer. The same type of episode occurred in Jamestown and then my family that landed, you know, we all know the story of the Mayflower. There was no better life here at that time. You know, there was opportunity for your progeny if you could take it, basically. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, this was a conquest, right? And it was hard. There was nothing easy about it. There were no jobs to be had. There was no industry here whatsoever. You literally had to cut it from the forest and mine it from, you know, the mountains. But there was nothing, nothing here. And there was no opportunity. Now, opportunity did get built. And people did come here looking for new opportunity, but America wasn't even an industrialized country until the 20th century. Like we were still total frontier. Sounds sounds like 2020 now. And and my 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 point is because people, I I, I granted okay. Should we take everybody from Ethiopia and and Haiti? And should there be some sort of standards when you when you come in? I, I I agree. I'm I'm not against that, but. But should we should we decide based upon religious beliefs? Should we decide based upon basically race? Because we'll, we won't say it, but wink, wink. We want a certain demographic to be here. That that's what's happening. So, and that's so I, I will say that the, the 1790 Immigration Act, because of what happened with the, the the Barbary pirates and the Barbary Coast, and because it was found by Thomas Jefferson, okay, that. Some groups of people might hold an ideology, whether it be religious or political or whatever, 
that would, if they, you know, if they engaged openly their First Amendment rights could ultimately take away your First Amendment rights. And due to the Ninth Amendment, your rights can't be used to disparage other people's rights. So if the free exercise of a certain group of people's rights just completely alienates the rights of other groups, then they're not compatible with with the Constitution. And 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 like it, it and yes, there was an entire sweeping ban of entire groups of people in 1790. It did occur. I, look, my my my, my you're, you're, my you're saying, the guy that owned a bunch of slaves. <laughs> saying, it, it, well, you know, the, 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 nonetheless, was, nonetheless, yeah. he was the architect of the government. I mean, that that's you know, nonetheless, that's that's who he was. So look. So, so is the architect of the government good? Is the foundation of the government good then? It, I mean, that's it, that, and that's what people are talking about. Is if the founding fathers didn't get it right, only thought slave owning white men, not women, by the way, only slave owning white men should have a say so in the country. Then I'll say this, I will say this, and I see where you're going. But the only reason we're having this conversation right now is because white men decided that we could at some point. Otherwise, if they had if they, if they had just said no, never, ever, it would have been never, ever. I mean, because they, they had complete control and hegemony over the political system in the country. So you mean there so were like at some at, at some point, at some point, this country, the, the people who were in this country, had it within themselves enough courage to say this is wrong. This is the way we can allow this to go down and we can have these conversations and start to open up society. Right. So like so I, point, I, I, so I, I get what you're saying. People said that this is wrong and said, you know what, maybe we shouldn't own all those uh, people over there. Maybe we should let them out. Okay. And now in 2020, people are saying this is wrong. We should allow people from different places to come in. And you're saying that no, no, we don't. We're we're done. We're no, what, done. I, what I'm saying is there's historical precedent. Like, look, not everybody in the entire country would agree with either one of us and what we have. Or, I'm sorry, not in the entire country, in the entire world would agree with either one of our perspectives on a litany of topics right they would right. if if they if they had the ability to become a majority and silence us they could do that do you think that's a good thing what if they instituted no. they had enough poli- if they had enough power in policy that they could turn back the hands of time and decide any other group of people is no longer humans because uh, they could do that like that that could be done i mean we're saying that with the I, I know Minneapolis like, experiment I know, I know that I know that you know. Like, obviously, they're not going to be able to take your humanity, your humanity away from you, but they can, they can, you know, create policy that says whatever the hell. And people say, well, the Constitution protects you from that. Not really. Not if there's an entire group of people that have the power and the ability to erase that. So that's not that's not true because the Constitution doesn't exist in Korea. It doesn't exist in China. It only exists because we have these lines on a map and we've created a military. And we've said, this is what goes here. And then we'll have the monopoly of violence to enforce that. You know, so, you know, like if we remove those powers and power structures from politics, like we just become a job site with bombs and shit. Like at at what point are we just like an economic zone? And it's like, 
this isn't a real government because, you know, entire portions of the globe can move here and then redefine our government. And then now we're something completely different. And we basically just become a giant job factory that people can come here and, and be, it's reverse colonialism. You know, we just have, we'll have groups of people that we won't even have to bring them here. We don't have to go to there and subjugate them. We'll bring them here. They'll think it was their idea and then we'll get them to work for slave wages and we'll abuse them. And we'll use our corporate power to do it and silence them. But, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get these massive amounts of people here and then your government looks totally different. And you, you're basically just a job site with, with guns and, and, and weapons. I mean, like, that's all you are. Your, your country, your flag, everything, it doesn't mean anything anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm not attacking what you're saying. It's just a philosophical a, question. You, you, you lost me. You lost me somewhere along the way. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. I'll let Sal take it because I don't, I don't even understand where you're, where you're, where you're going with. Well, what I'm saying is if, if you're a nation, if you're a nation, then you have the ability to, to pick and choose and be selective about who gets to participate in your nation Correct. from the outside in. We've defined who is an American and who has rights. It's people who are citizens of the United States. Everybody has the same rights at this point in this country, but we as a nation can pick and choose who we let in here. That's our sovereign right to do so. If we don't have that ability, if we have open borders, then we're not really a nation anymore. Yes, we're, 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 we're just a, we're just a, a, we're just an economic zone. But that's what we're talking we're talking about. Like, how how do you say that people that are from different faiths and different? Because it seems like we're trying to meander around the the topic that we only well, want no people from let certain me, places. I'll, I'll ask this question like, then. Anyway. Do you feel, no, I mean, look, I don't think Norwegians will want to even come here, but do, do you think that there are ideologies that are incompatible with our way of life and, and will remain so? No. I mean, I, I can think of a few. Like what? That are just completely, like, Sharia? Okay. I mean, yeah. that's like the antithesis of America. I mean, what if there were enough people that had, yeah, but, had the ability, the political power to but, institute Sharia? Like that's that's KKK, not, KKK, I mean, that's hypothetical at this point, but it, it can occur. The, the, the KKK is, is also antithetical to police. But they're designated. But we're not importing them in. Yeah, Is Sharia law something that I would not, would not profess to want in, in the in the in this country yes well especially if you're homosexual and black so there you go there's there's a big reason not to have that i, I mean I, I, but, I will say like statistically but that's not a law of the country so yes is his point yeah most yeah, muslims that's, don't that's my point is it, it can become one I, I will tell you this that at some point in time then, oh, just do just do that okay but insane man so you bring up Sharia law. That's a great point. Sharia law is in where? Saudi Arabia? No, it's it's Wahhabism is is all throughout this. It's all over, but it's mainly in in Saudi Arabia. Am I, am I correct or no? So we support a monarch. It, it's it's one of the. I, I agree. I, I don't think we should support them at all. I have I have, and you can ask Sal. I completely condemn that country. I wouldn't do trade with them. I have an embargo on them yesterday. They are the last place on earth I would want to visit. And okay. I would politically have nothing to do with them if I was the president. And, then what about, and, I, what about, and I see it as highly hypocritical that at the same time Trump wants to ban entire groups of people from the country, which okay. is legitimate, that he continues to do business with them. I, then what I, about, I, I completely agree. And with then that. what about North Korea? 
What about North Korea? Do they have the ideal ideology? Is that people that you would want here? Do they have a system that you would like? No. 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 Okay. What about Vladimir Putin? I wouldn't think he would be allowed to come to the United States for citizenship. Is his philosophy, is his outlook on on is it is it compatible with American life? Is that something that is Russia? I, I don't I, I don't know that I don't know that Russian Russian geopolitics and in and you know inside politics have ever been compatible with the United States. He's basically been running for thirty years now. So you're yeah, saying I, I don't I, I don't know that I don't know that the, the Russian I don't know that the Russian political landscape has ever been compatible. I mean not I mean even Yeltsin. I mean no I, I don't think that I don't no, I do not think it would be a good idea to import a bunch of Russian nationals here. I, I don't yeah. I, because like even if I agreed with certain aspects of their political view and maybe like on paper we completely agree, it's dangerous importing giant percentages of populations who number one what we have to realize about russia and china is they have an ethnic identity right they don't you know it's the rational assumption in economics that everyone wants the same thing as you and they want prosperity and they want product right that's an american assumption there are certain peoples that don't want your things they just want to take your toys and then go home uh, because they don't they don't identify with anything about you not not your economic model they're not materialist the, the, the thing that matters most to them is their people right yeah, but so i think not... anytime you have groups of people like that that you could potentially import that won't necessarily see american uh, to be an american isn't an ethnicity at this point it's to accept it's these not, it's not ideas, ideal okay right? Well, so then well, I'll bet, so what I'm are not going to recognize that. What I'm going to say is, if MBS in Saudi Arabia and Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong Il are essentially Donald Trump's pen pals and some of his best friends, other than Erdogan in in Turkey, and you're a lie, and you're and you can't understand why, I don't think that Trump's ideals and his policies align with America when you yourself are saying that that's not policies that. You would align with I, that's that's it i mean i, I think like I, I wouldn't i wouldn't allow huge groups of people from those countries to come here i i think that being pals with somebody who is potentially your geopolitical rival is stupid like i wouldn't do that um i i think that i would i would keep like, we still do have power and we still do have some form of hegemony I, I would probably not engage with them the way he has. We're, you're I, also I conflating support. the two. Trent, you're also conflating yeah, they, the two they, is is political are, buddies versus having a sit-down conversation to stabilize I, I an economy. Exactly. I, I believe I'm, in diplomacy. I, I believe in diplomacy. I, this is my perspective on China. I, I have no idea why Donald Trump engages with Xi Jinping whatsoever. I would not do it. I would not sit down for a trade deal. I would begin sweeping embargoes on Chinese products, and I would start to treat them as a hostile nation because potentially they are a completely hostile nation at this point. And yeah, it would really suck. Our economy would have a downturn. But since we're already playing the MMT game, I would use that MMT to flood the economy with money to build manufacturing facilities here, and then I'd shut them out of the political world entirely. So I completely disagree with everything that he does in that matter. But he is 
People say, what if your daughter has licensing rights in China? Why would you do that? That's where the money is. No, and I completely agree with you. I, I, and that's a good point. He would not do that. And, and that's what kills me when people are like, he's anti-globalist. You have no idea what you're talking about. Because there are things that we could do that are completely nationalist that he's completely against. That would be good for everyone here. You know, like embargoes, MMT to build factories, completely blocking Chinese products, not trading with their asses anymore. Like we could do that. Our economy is already down. Manufacturing is already down. That could only be a net positive in the long run. But we're not doing that right now. So I completely agree with you on that. I have a very nuanced position on almost everything. It's my, my political views are complicated. I think you kind of made my point in a, in a bit. I know we went in a roundabout way, but, you know, Trump's views to Trump and Trump's views to, in America, serve, uh, are for a certain line of people. He's going after a certain vote, right? I agree. If he can get, if he can get, 60% of the non-college uh, educated uh, Caucasian vote, he will win again, because that is still the majority of America. But you have to have an extreme divide. Now, where he's made a mistake is this pandemic, okay? Because he's going to lose the senior vote, okay? Yeah. But he's not a he's not a dummy. I will never say that he's a dummy, because he knows he understands political game. He understands politics. And he understands how to divide in anger and get one group so riled up against the other. And I don't even think he's a racist. He just likes to win. And right. racism. Oh, and he, he A B tests in his own cabinet. He has Jared Kushner and Stephen Miller. And those two guys yes. have a pulse on two totally separate groups of, the, of, of political demographics. And they, and they run modeling. And people think, oh, that's, you know, they don't do that. That's, he, he just speaks from the heart. No, they, they yeah. literally run models based off Stephen Miller's demographics and based on Jared Kushner's demographics. Jared Kushner, and they see who is a Democrat, by the way. Yes. And he's a, he's a complete liberal. Um, and, and I, I just, yeah, like they, they AB test and play this and then figure out exactly what he's going to say. Like people say he needs to stop tweeting. That's his, that's his biggest strength. And it's, it's, he knows exactly what he's going to tweet in the morning because he got fed the information the night of, you know, I mean, and, and that politics is, is so complicated. It's not just this off the cuff thing. Like Trump is an actor. Like, let's not forget this. Like he is an actual actor. If you think reality TV is real, like go have a heart to heart with yourself somewhere private. <laughs> and I mean, he's an actor. We've had actor presidents before. Like this is, this is not new. So yeah. So, Sal, I have to ask then, after having this conversation with Clinton, would Biden be, would, would the pandemic be as bad right now if Biden were president? Do I believe it would be better or worse if he was president? I, I, I think he'd be dead. <laughs> Quite honestly, I mean, if, if he's elected in 2020, we're, we're not worried about what he, what his presidency would look like. It's who's his, who's his successor. I mean, he's turned down every yeah, I interview. Can, I can say this. I, I, I don't actually think, like... Biden is not a threat for me or, or this country. It's what comes after him. I agree. 
agree. I, I view Biden as just like Donald Trump. Like, I don't think Biden has an original belief or idea. I don't think he's ever had one. Like, I will, I will say this. I think that Barack Obama was very convicted with a lot of things that he did. And he picked Joe Biden because he was the Mike Pence of the Democrat Party. Agree. And I don't think Joe Biden's ever had an original thought. And he would be whoever he needed to be based on wherever he lived at the time. He is the Mitt Romney of the Democrat Party. And I think we can probably all agree that no matter who gets elected in November, Joe Biden will not be our president. <laughs> he, he, is, he is gone at this point. Uh, he, he doesn't frighten me. Because, look, I can look at the, the Biden presidency, and he, he can be pandering to the left all day. You know, people are like, he panders to the left, and he's with the squad and all that. That is not the type of cabinet Joe Biden is going to run. It will be just like the Obama cabinet. And to be very honest with you, People can say Barack Obama, yeah, he did a lot of far left things, but he was also, he did a lot of things that really pissed his base off. So, you know, like, if, if you want to know exactly what could have stopped um, censorship that the right is seeing right now, what Barack Obama proposed for the internet 10 years ago would have, would have fixed all of this. You would not be having these problems. It's very interesting how that occurred. And he got shot down. He got shot down by the right. And if, if, if we would have gone with his plan, you would not be being silenced at this point. At least on the internet. And that brings us back to, to our original topic. So any closing thoughts before we head out for the night? Trent? Well, I apologize. I, t- I take you guys on the merry-go-round sometimes. I don't know where... Dude, it was fun. It was super fun. Well, I like really started. Yeah. I, I, I'm... I think we're on the precipice of, of a disaster. I do, uh, fortunately. Um, Civil War that, 2.0. And I think we're already in one. I think, I think. Um, that and, is and, what low intensity conflict looks like. What you're seeing right. is what low intensity conflict looks like. Look up the years of lead in Italy. It looked very right. similar to this. Right. And I think, um, you know, I think what we're seeing is, is almost like the second 60s. If, if you will, uh, 1960s, I think we're seeing another movement of sorts because Seattle and Portland aren't black areas by any stretch of the imagination. I've been to both. If Portland is 5% black, then I'm be shocked. It's, it's not. So what you're having is, is an anger. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a liberal lash, if you want to call it that. But it's people that are are really actually tired of Trump when it comes down to it. Because if Biden were president or Obama were president, or there was a, a even Pence was president, I don't know that you would see this type of anger in the in this country. I think it goes well beyond Trump though. I, I think it's it's well beyond not liking the individual. It's it's not liking the system. I mean, we had Ilhan Omar and 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 the squad and and other representatives who have outright called for the dismantling of the entire American system, the capitalist like system. Well, it, it, there are a lot of people that don't like the capitalist system because it's kind of run them up, and it's sure. not really a capitalist. Yeah. It's not if really. If you look at Hold on, let me finish. You're, you're right. Yeah, is you 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 know I got a lot of they talk about capitalism. Oh, Marxist. Da, 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 da. Well, we just gave close to four trillion dollars to people 
in in one year it's it's a socialist system that is social yeah that, that's For okay and, and you just did it before in 2008 not that long ago so if i can elaborate on what you're saying when, when you're yeah, finished sure. i'd love to so look going back in history a little bit what lenin actually at the very beginning of the Bolshevik revolution to get people primed to really want communism was unrestricted capitalism. A very similar system to what we have now. It went completely amok and it abused people and it made people very poor very quickly. And it really primed, it, it, it concentrated wealth so the government could then later confiscate it and, and redistribute it. But it, it, the Bolshevik experiment was not going to be made possible without that little brief run into capitalism run amok. Secondly, what you have in the form of your income tax is literally the middle class and lower, uh, upper lower class and the lower middle class getting completely hosed in taxes. They pay income taxes at a higher percentage than anyone else in the country. Yep. Where does those taxes go? Do they go to the roads? Do they go to school? No, no. They go down to pay, they go to pay interest, not even principal. They get applied to the interest on Federal Reserve loans. What does the Federal Reserve do with your income tax money? They take your money and they lend it to banks. They took yep. your money and they lend it to banks and they lend it to all sorts of programs. They're not good for the country. They're not healthy. And they don't ever necessarily make it back down into your hand. It is a giant. It, it is socialism but for banks. That is what this company, that is what this country is. Yep. This country is socialism for banks. It's socialism for the rich. It, you know, it, all of it, people, this is why I'm against illegal immigration. Okay. I'm going to go into this briefly. I'm against illegal immigration because number one, it's abusive. It abuses the people that come here. Yeah, it can be politically completely unstable. There is a criminal element that gets involved. All that is true. Okay, but this is the number one reason. What happens is, is companies have figured out it's bad PR to go and colonialize a place and set up these horribly toxic factories in these places. It, and it draws media attention. So what they do is they lobby your government to allow them to build these disgusting factories that pollute your environment. And then they make it seem like it's somebody else's idea to walk here on their own dime to come right. and live in trailers that they built right. for them on slave wages. And then right. people are like, you know, it, what happens to, you know, what happens to their health care and their education, and their kids food, all that you pay for it. You subsidize these low wages to these corporate slave masters. That's right. what you do. You are the socialism for Tyson chicken. You are the socialism for Pilgrim's pride. You're the socialism for Cargill and all of these other companies. There's the innumerable companies out there. The Koch brothers, Koch brothers are a prime example. And yeah, you put are, the bill for their socialism. You get to pay for their slave. It but, is the most corrupt and egregious system. I, I couldn't even invent something worse. What party put that in place? Yeah, it was the Republicans, 100%. 100%. Now, there, there were liberals in, in, in California, and it's a weird thing. Immigration is a weird thing. It slips back and forth. First, it was Republicans promoting it in the 80s with Reagan, and then and then liberals are actually against it. Democrats were actually against it because they it were, was and, then it and you know, and then and then it flipped, and now they're trying to hold me. So I get it. My mom was an ESL teacher in, in Los Angeles, so I understand the struggles of both both sides, and I have passion for people that came from El Salvador and war torn war torn countries. But it goes to how you talk about. And how you care about people. And I'll end it with this. In a time like this, my mom, my, my wife just texted me before we got on this, this thing. Her 
her grandmother, uh, well, I won't say who it is, but uh, she's got somebody close to her that is on the way to the ICU. And in a time like this, when I live in South Texas, and I live a pretty good life, but I live around people that have been victims of this system that we have we call capital. You know, the average income in, in, in Hidalgo and Cameron County is around 28000 But South Padre looks like Vegas some, in some yeah. places. And so at a time like this, having a leader that would show compassion and leadership and safety and maybe come and visit a hospital and maybe come and make sure that the people that are, are least protected have some protection would be monumental. And that's why I think I'm so against what this president stands for. And what with this, this pretend system of capitalism that benefits me greatly, but doesn't benefit the average person. No, you're right. We, we all get to play capitalism with the scraps at the bottom. Meanwhile, the banks get to have socialism. And, and the 1% get socialism. I mean, that, that is honestly what it is. And if anybody argues, they're just being intellectually dishonest. Because that's how the tax system works, and and that's how that's how government incentives work. Trickle down, never trickle down, really. Sal, any other closing thoughts, Quentin? No, man, I had fun. Uh, I mean, like, I, I honestly, that was like one of one of the most fun like debates I've I've ever had. To be to be real honest. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would say in in terms of of Trent's uh, commentary is there's a lot of nuance and the tribalism that gets injected into the conversation does not help to, to leave things in a binary, this or that black or white makes it very difficult to have meaningful conversation. And I think if we can continue to have these conversations with respect i mean that that's probably too much to ask for at this point but i mean the three of us can do it yeah, yeah the three of us we've we've been able to do it it people get behind a keyboard or people get behind a camera and and are able to you know have a facebook live by themselves i do it but there's no accountability to to that opinion and no one challenges it and then if they are challenged it becomes well you're just against me for everything i stand for well no i just I don't agree with this one thing. Let's talk about this one thing. Well, no, 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 no. You don't agree with me as a whole. Therefore, we must be enemies. I mean, there's, there's a very good chance I would have been in a very different place in my life had I been a part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. I probably would have been in those camps. But now I'm in a different place in my life. Geographically, I'm in a different place in my life. And ideologically, I've matured. And ideologically, I've, I've taken steps in, in different directions. But I can cross that aisle. I can have that conversation. I can agree with someone's belief that the police is an abusive, totalitarian, militarized, overly militarized uh, agency. I can agree with those things, but that doesn't mean I want to defund the police and I hate all police and I don't think that Black Lives Matter is because I can't say Black Lives Matter. I just don't agree with the philosophy and the uh, agenda that has been propped up. And what was his name again? What? George who? George 
Floyd? Was that his name? When was the last time we'd heard that man's name? Yeah. When was the last time we heard his name? It was never about George Floyd. It may have been for those two-week news cycle that we had it, but it was never about George Floyd. And that's why you get to these BLM rallies and we say they have to chant their names over and over and over. Because the people who are truly, I feel, marching for George Floyd and, and the other victims of, of abuse, they're the ones trying to keep that message alive, but their movement has been infiltrated by plan and design, by elements of other philosophies that do not agree with the American way of life. And I think that's to, to Quentin's point that if we start to import or if we continue to allow the importation of these ideologies, and we see it in the institutions, we see it in our schools, we see it in our churches, we see it in our politics, it's being overrun and our way of life, the quote unquote, making America great again, is to say that we should not allow these negative influences that will forever fundamentally change the course of our history, the way the framers wanted our country to, to end up with these personal freedoms and liberties, where we will end up like communist China, where we will end up like uh, Yugoslavia and, and these places that have just been war-torn. And we're on the cusp of that. I truly believe that this election will not go the way any of us want it to go. Those who want Trump to win, it's going to end up being very bad for them. Because if Trump wins, then what we're seeing in Portland, what we're seeing in Seattle, what we're seeing in, in Austin will only escalate and compound in a way that I don't think we're even prepared to talk about. If he loses and the Democratic fear is that he will not accept the election results and he will just claim power, then it will just be Portland and Seattle and Austin exponentially worse. I do not believe that this election has a positive outcome. If Trump wins, no, people are going to be really excited for like a day. There's no, there's no good outcome here. And, and I think that that may be uh, intentional, you know. Look, exactly. I mean, there, like, no, mocking, good, good like Mockingbird was a real thing. But was what was also a real thing was, and you can look at the Besmanov tapes on this, was like huge Soviet infiltration into the media apparatus. And and Besmanov says that ultimately the 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 Soviet plan, and this goes back to what Trent was saying with Vladimir Putin, was to infiltrate, subvert, wait us out, and and and, and instigate crisis in the country. And, and actually so successfully he's done this. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that necessarily it was Vladimir Putin. Though. I mean, he was definitely KGB, but that plan was put in place long before he was even, uh, you know, out of school. So you know, and it's it's been it's been on the march, and uh, I, I don't think that. And, and like realistically, a huge portion of our government and and our own intelligence apparatuses are compromised. The Emma Chapman and the illegals arrest back in two thousand ten. Uh, are, are, are a huge indicator of that. We had, you know, uh, illegals, basically, is what they're called, but, you know, uh, like Director S from the Americans in the CIA, in the State Department. Um, we had a, a Chinese agent that had been in the CIA for 20 years. And, you know, it, it, it's this type of thing is going to become more and more common. And they are going to play the ends toward the middle, right? And the middle isn't like some sort of centrist American path. It's their middle. It's where they want us to go. And that's, that's on our way out. 
that's that's where they want us to go. I got I gotta I gotta say one more thing. I've talked a lot about South Texas and you know what's going on. But Seattle and Portland, if you're a barista at Starbucks and you're paying twenty four hundred dollars, twenty three hundred dollars to live in a one bedroom apartment, one bedroom flat, that's the anger that you're seeing. You know, yeah. and some of it is at the liberal elite that, that we'll call it the Twitters and the Silicon Valleys and the Microsoft executives of the world that are making 350 grand, you know, and living living the high life. And here you are struggling day by day. The struggle in the struggle in middle class Seattle is no different than the struggle in middle class Kansas City as it is in Texas, as it is in New York. And if we had not been sold out by people like the Koch brothers and and outsourcers and both parties, but I mean predominantly right. Republicans who free business, you know, free enterprise. Now it's not even free enterprise. Free free markets can't be touched. They're holier than anything else. They would not be having this problem. They would have gainful employment. Only you you have college educated, and not everybody is basket weaving and all this BS. Like I know people who have hard science degrees that can't find a job because the people are importing H one B visas to right. fill their jobs for pennies. You know, right. people like people in in both parties defend that, but Republicans take advantage of it most often, and and that's just a fact. And and they're they're bringing in cheap labor that are college educated. Your kids who you wanted to have a college degree, who wanted to compete in this world, they can't do it because we're importing people to re- basically replace them at work. You right. know, and you do it for cheaper, and 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 that's a result. Your college educated kid that you saved your entire life to put through a good school can't make a living. Because of capitalism run amok. That is the bottom line. And, there, and there is an anger there. And if, if we had not done, if we had not outsourced and we had not done these things, this would not be happening. Bottom line. Anything else? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Drop that mic. Drop the mic. Drop the phone. If you've been Good watching night, us. If you've been watching us on Facebook Live, we want to thank you for sticking with us. We had quite a few uh, watchers uh, here and there. So thank you for watching us on Facebook Live. If you're watching or if you're listening to this on the podcast, we would encourage you to leave us a review on your iTunes, wherever you're listening to us. Give us a good review. We appreciate it. You can always find us at newnormalpod.com. Trent, thank you once again for being the new best friend of the show. Thanks for coming on again. We always enjoy having you on. Um, yeah, bro. We look forward to the next conversation. Until then, stay safe and welcome to the new normal. <laughs>